Hello, everybody, and welcome to Right in the Nerds. Uh, got a good one coming at you here tonight. Planning on talking about some Mortal Kombat, but with me, I have my host. Co host Ray BG. And of course, it's Cody here, so uh, Eli could not join us tonight, unfortunately, but we'll be back. Uh, all three of us at some point will be back on this at a at another date. Um, but as I already mentioned, we plan on talking about the Mortal Kombat, the new movie, which there's actually a fairly decent amount to unpack here. Um, movie, as far as it goes, was actually pretty solid fun. I mean, it's I don't I don't think it's uh, any kind of you know Citizen Kane like achievement, but. As far as movies go, it was just big, dumb fun, and actually <laughs> oddly respectful of the lore, for the most part. They had some. They had a couple, few, a few twists in there with with um, continuity. But hey, you know what? What remake doesn't have a continuity issue these days? These days. Yeah. You say we're you know they're they're not trying to reestablish a timeline. They're just trying to set up a movie universe. And not like bringing in characters from the game is kind of what I gather from it. And I mean, they stuck they stuck to the solid introducing the the the, the original what's twelve, and they added an extra guy. But you know, hey, yeah, in the newer movie, in the newer movie, yes. right? And they, you know, they they omitted a fan favorite because they thought that between him and Kano, from what I understand, there would be too too many people chewing up the scenery. Uh, <laughs> Because, yeah, let's let's just face it. Having Kano and Johnny Cage in this movie together would have been two huge personalities squaring off against each other and for the first half of the movie in the same area. It just would have been overload. Well, I think also, too, um, you got to take into to, uh, understanding that um, I think Kano, not Kano, sorry, um, Johnny Cage and, and Sonya, eventually we had a relationship. Yep. So I don't think they wanted to confuse that since the new guy they added already had a, they were telling his his side of the story or his family's side of the story. So Right. Know. Which, you know, like, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll get to Cole, I suppose, here soon. <laughs> um, which, this movie was interesting in that they, basically almost everybody in it was a martial artist. So... Immediately, I approve highly of that, especially since it, you know, it makes the fighting look a lot more authentic. Right, you have to worry about stunt, you know, getting more stunt people to, you know, and probably some of them are probably also stunt. They do stunts as a side too, as well. So, uh, Kung Lao definitely is. I knew that. Uh, he he's more known for stunt work than he is is acting, which I kind of see that. Uh, not to say he was bad, like, but. Um, Kung Lao was just clearly there for one reason, so. But I guess starting off, you know, like they, they kind of give you the rivalry portion of it. So it starts off with the conflict between the Shirai Ryu and the Lin Kuei, or Bihan and Hanzo Hasashi, who will later be known as Scorpion. And Sub-Zero. Yep. Uh, at new spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, 
I guess just to establish what this first scene really establishes for us is what a threat Sub-Zero is supposed to be, but what it really establishes in the context of the rest of the movie is how bad he is at his job. Like, I I don't really know... He still... Him and Hanzo fighting was awesome. It really it was a great scene. Um, his whole goal was to prevent a prophecy of the Hisashi bloodline uniting everybody against Outworld, which he clearly does not do his due diligence on because he neglects the fact that there's a baby around. Yes. So if you it's ever intel people for intel. I don't even know about that. Like, the weirdest thing to me is once he kills Hanzo, I guess that marking just passes on to his bloodline. It does. That's that's what, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. So the weird part is, later on in the movie, they establish he can kind of hunt people by that marking. Or at least Mm -hmm. they kind of know where they are. I don't really know how that works. Uh, It's kind of left vague, but I guess it's one of those, like, don't question it, just shut up and watch the movie. It's probably some sorcery that Shang Tsung did. I think, no, allowed to happen. There's no telling. I guess, yeah. They they might need to explain that one better, because otherwise, I figured out that the best way to throw off Sub-Zero's tracking is to apparently put a few planks of uh, hardwood flooring... (laughs) between you and him and he'll be like where the hell did he go I can't pick up the the reading anymore (laughs) so hey a good history trivia for you fans out there this movie is exactly 26 years young or old I should say Uh, this franchise is the original movie came out in 1995 Um, I don't think any of the original cast was in this in this newer movie but I mean it was pretty it's still pretty decent. Can't cry. Yeah. Well, um Right. And I, I gotta say that uh let's not forget the what the first movie gave us, which is that banging Mortal Kombat theme. Like it, Oh yeah. I don't like using terminology. Yes. I don't, I don't like saying shit like what I just said. That it was uh, banging or that it still slaps, but it does. It, no, it does. It truly does. <laughs> it's it's irritating to me to actually say that out loud. Um, but yeah, no, it holds up. And I think the characterizations in this movie were better. In what way? Uh, I think they got Scorpion right, definitely, and Sub Zero. Sub Zero, uh, sorry, Bihan Sub Zero. For, for those of you who are familiar with the game lore, Bihan was the original Sub-Zero in the games and was a supreme asshat. Like, he was the bad guy, or a bad guy. Obviously, Shang Tsung in the first game was the bad guy, but uh, Bihan, though, Sub-Zero, was a jerk. And well, good old Hanzo Hisashi killed him, rightfully so, uh, at that tournament as Scorpion, coming back from hell, as one does. Uh, you can't be called Scorpion unless you come from hell, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that, But that's the best part, is like, Hanzo actually is a pretty good dude who usually fights for Earthrealm. Um, you know, even as Scorpion, somebody completely fueled by vengeance and anger. 
Ghostwriter vibes, people from comics. Oh, 100%, down to the flaming skull and everything. Spirit of justice. <laughs> uh, infinitely better movie appearances, though, I gotta say. Unless you count Mortal Kombat uh, Annihilation, then, then I oh, apologize. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a nightmare. Uh, when you realize that Mortal Kombat Annihilation was so bad that Christopher Lambert wouldn't come back for it, because the, <laughs> the Highlander was Raiden in the first movie. Yes, he was. And then we got the dad from Dexter for the second movie as Raiden. Uh, Richard Remar, I think's his name. Mm-hmm. Which he's a good actor. It's just that movie was just freaking hot garbage from start to finish. Well, I'm just glad that they used, I mean, Raiden. Come on. I'm just glad they used an Asian actor to oh, play yeah. Raiden's role right. instead of just whitewashing it. That's what I liked. Yeah. I mean, I, even, I've been playing Mortal Kombat 11 uh, here mm-hmm. lately, and Raiden's pretty white in that. Like, well, because it's, it's Christopher Lambert. Well, it's not, though. And then and, and the new one, I think it is, isn't it? No, not in the game. Uh, at oh. least not that you can tell. He's still got the... I mean, Liu Kang and Kung Lao are definitely Asian, but that is... Uh, yeah, Raiden is very much, you know, I, I don't know. I still get that. Even the voice kind of has that whole, and I'm not sure if it's because he's supposed to be an elder god, and I don't know if they're supposed to really represent anything other than being divine. Right. Well, yeah, they can, they can take on whatever form they want, but yeah. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. The games, as far as that goes, they can take license with it i guess but after all it's you know franchise that started off as a video game so they're the definitive they're the definitive lore keepers um no so however i mean establishing that uh after hanzo gets killed in the first 15 minutes of the movie that obviously you know he's coming back later as scorpion then we 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 cut to his bloodline years later, who is a washed-up MMA fighter. Who, yeah. like the rest of what you will see in this movie, spends his time getting his ass kicked. This is one problem that I kind of have with the movies that Cole, not once in the entire movie, wins a fight by himself. That's true. That is so true. Like, he gets to that point where he almost is about to to win, and all of a sudden, he loses his mental concentration and gets destroyed. That's yeah. true. I mean, even against Goro, his wife had to hit Goro with an axe. And he had powers. He found his power. He found his chi. Right, and yeah. His, his arcana. Like, come on, Cole. I mean, so, I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm not going to touch on that. Now, granted... <laughs> The way it worked out is great because it gives us, you know, later on in the movie, we get the best fight of the movie, thankfully, at the very end. Um, Which, you know, is okay. But moving on, you know, of course, we get introduced to Jax at that point, too, who's like, hey, you got a cool dragon marking. It's, uh, what is that? Oh, it's a birthmark. Okay, cool. And then he just leaves. Because apparently, before you reveal something huge like this and that you have the same marking uh you have to wait till you get attacked by some kind of mystical 
ninja who can conjure hailstorms out of nowhere <laughs> in the middle of July. <laughs> so, hey, so you, the one thing that I don't think that we mentioned, like we mentioned the characters, uh, we were slowly mentioning them, but we didn't mention the actors who were playing these characters. Oh, no, okay. Because I, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we started, but uh, we Hiroyuki Sonata as Scorpion. Holy crap. That dude is a freaking legend. He is. I mean... <laughs> and an extremely uh, gifted martial artist. Yep, yep. I remember him. I think the first thing I ever saw him act in, and maybe you've seen stuff before this, was um, The Last Samurai. When yes. He did, um, uh, Tom Cruise, that was good. Yeah, he was Ujio in that movie. The guy who could not die, no matter how many times you stabbed him, shot him, or anything. It took a minigun to mow him down at the end of the movie before he finally was like, I think I can die here. There you go. <laughs> Honorable death. <laughs> I guess so, because it was freaking insane. No, that was crazy. To be honest, the, the, he should have been the last samurai, not Tom Cruise, but that's a different story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Maybe he was. Maybe Tom Cruise was just as a well, filler. Maybe it was actually him who was the last samurai, right? Because you know. Because yeah, Ken Watanabe was technically the uh, the leader of that samurai rebellion in that movie, but yeah, but uh, yeah, between him and Hiroyuki, like those those guys, I'd I'd watch them in anything, just about. Yeah. Like I even watched those, you know, Godzilla movies where poor Ken Watanabe was just served to be an exposition dump until they killed him. Yeah. So then, another the other movie um, that he's been in recently, uh, I just I mentioned to you off, off yeah. um, record was um, Army of the Dead, the new one, um, Snyder version. Yeah. That was that was um, he he didn't really have much of a role other than playing the um, sleazy boss. So if that's a spoiler for you guys, I apologize. He's a sleazy boss. Give him a mission out to well, go to zombie infested they, Las Vegas. They show him in the trailers, so I don't think that's much of a. Much of a spoiler, you know. He's he's just the guy who's there to be like, "Hey, you want to steal some freaking money from a casino in Las Vegas?" <laughs> Which wasn't even really the whole the real mission, but I'll let you guys watch that. We're not talking about that right now. And then the thing before that um, was Helix, which was a sci-fi hmm. show, and oh. that sort of burned out for him. Yeah. Um, to me, in that, I mean, he's a good actor. He's a good actor regardless. Oh but yeah. That show, he that was, series, sort of. He was also in the movie Sunshine, uh, the Danny Boyle space movie, and Life with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Life is freaking crazy, guys. I don't care what nobody say. That movie was freaking crazy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was great. That's a cautionary tale that can be applied to real life. If you take something from an environment that you know nothing about, destroy <laughs> it before it freaking multiplies. <laughs> no, no shit. Yeah, just let it. <laughs> Or send it back. Don't bring it. Don't bring it to Earth, okay? Or nowhere near Earth. <laughs> right. Which, yeah, it's that movie was insane. I gotta give you. I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta go with your explanation on there. I don't really. Uh, killer alien sci-fi movies. A dime a dozen, but that one was still pretty decent. That one was crazy. Um, so yeah, so um, Hiroyuki Sonata, he was awesome. In, he was Scorpion, and he played that role well. The thing that got me about his character um, as Scorpion in there is they did a lot of, a lot of. Um, what, it's not necessarily flashbacks, but it's like 
Oh. The flag, the sequence yeah. of the agency. Yeah, that's... I, I can't recall what they call that sequence anymore. Those, those random, like, almost, those quick jumps you see of him in, like, hell or whatever in the netherworld. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then he kept trying to connect Cole, who, uh, who apparently is his great, 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 great grand descendant. So, um, you know what the weird thing is? Like, I, I know what... Well, oh, I guess we'll wait till I get to this question of what summons him at the end, but... Um, Cole's about to die. That's what's... <laughs> I know, but like Cole got his ass beat all the time in that movie, but he had to bleed on a weapon that Hanzo used to have to get him to summon. That's the <laughs> world's shittiest trigger for revenge. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Cole's about to die. He knew the next person that was coming. Scorpion knew the next person coming in line was his was the daughter, and she wasn't trained yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the weirdest thing, though, because what would have happened if Raiden hadn't taken that kunai at the beginning of the movie? Because after Hanzo's body disappears, uh, because he becomes one with hell, it's not the force, it's just hell. He disappears in a little thing of fire. Um, <laughs> Raiden comes and just picks up this kunai, almost like, a, oh, I bet this could come in handy one day. Maybe he placed some kind of curse on it before he died. I don't know. It, so it you just, forget, you forget, they don't tell you in the movie, but you know from playing the games, which you're not really going to talk about tonight, that Elder Gods are not limited to the, the, the present. They can go anywhere in time. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure Raiden already knew this shit was going to happen. That's why he couldn't really interfere to the extent. Oh yeah, that's the whole point of the prophecy, I guess, too, though. Um, <laughs> because even, because when they, after that scene, when you see uh, Joe Taslim, who is Sub-Zero, uh, yeah. Bihan kill him then like and Cole getting his ass beat like you see uh, Shang Tsung who is played by Lao from the Dark Knight let's just bring that up the Weasley accountant from the Dark Knight that, mm-hmm. that the Joker Shen Han, right? yeah that the Joker yeah. sets on fire that is that's Shang Tsung who yeah. I gotta say was a pretty good Shang Tsung in terms of that whole you know, mastermind yet slightly annoyed he has to do anything. Uh, who quite literally tells them that the time of prophecy is at hand. So they know the prophecy is coming around. Which clearly knows which clearly means that they know that Bihan fucked up about five hundred years ago. Exactly. Just like, oh you couldn't kill the baby, huh? Like what the hell, dude? Exactly. I didn't know there was a baby. There was planks of wood between me and her. You know, Uh, so yeah throw back to earlier I guess on that one but uh, so he's just like we'll go kill all of Earth's champions Uh, you know we we don't win by playing by the rules we win because which I'm like do you not let Bihan fight because that dude has been kicking people's asses no problem he's not good at finishing the job right but he can do the job you know right then and there if you have you know if you're at the tournament and you just go finish him he'll kill him then that's great we know that right right but you have to hold his hand through that process i think and i'm going to give my shout out to lewis tan and uh, we've already mentioned he plays cole young hmm. yeah, that guy is has been in so many things i don't think people realize he's been in a, and he's always normally always action movies because like he is a real life martial artist so yep. i mean I think this movie suited him. I just don't like the fact that they created a character for him just to be in the movie. 
I think that they could have used him as as someone else. But hey, Cole Young, we know nothing about him. That gives that gives this series of this franchise something fresh to build the lore around again. Yeah, which is awesome. he was kind of supposed to be the introduction for the non gamer movie yeah, okay. crowd, and that's kind of what I gathered out of it. So okay. I I kind of appreciate that, but at the same time, if you're making a Mortal Kombat movie, who are you really making it for? Exactly, gamers. Like, exactly. how many people are going to, like, it's going to be guys who drag their girlfriends to go see it because they watched a rom-com last week and it's his turn. Like, or, <laughs> you know, it's not to not to be too reductive. I mean, like, trust me, I've gotten my ass beat by plenty of female Mortal Kombat players online. But, uh, yeah. Like, I'm not afraid to admit it. I suck at it. Like, it's, I'm, it's just not my game. Um. <laughs> so then hey let's um we, we haven't talked about the chick that played Sonya Blade and let me tell you something about this okay Sonya Blade in this is actually um I actually like this Sonya Blade yeah because in, in, in the 95 version she was a little you know I don't know uh, I don't think that, that I, I, I have nothing against the actress I think she was a brilliant actress I just don't think that she was playing to the character in a sense so I, this Sonya Blade the They've had 26 years to figure out who Sonya Blade is as a as a as a character, and I think she she did well. And admittedly, playing through the games again this time, whoever is voicing Sonya Blade now, they uh-huh. really need to find someone else. Um, I I hate saying that, but it like whenever her and Johnny Cage and her daughter in the games are interacting on screen, like, everybody here is running circles around you. You just gotta stop. Yeah. Um, so, no, but in this movie, you're 100% right. She was cast really well. Uh, the script actually suits her pretty well, too. There's no damsel in distress at all about her. Exactly. And I think her name is Jessica McNamee, which I don't know who she is. I've never seen her or anything, so I can't really... Uh, I don't really know much about her history. As funny an thing, or actor, so. funny thing is, she's actually an Australian actress. Um, so oh, she okay. has been in other stuff, but let me—I'll I'll have to look that up. But we can keep going here in the meantime. Okay. But yeah, no, I I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed her. Now I did have an issue with Jax. Okay, I love <laughs> I love the actor now. McCod Brooks, he's an awesome actor. He's been in everything. Um, I think the first time I knew my first movie, the first show I saw him in was True Blood. I want to oh, say, yeah. And he played Eggs in True Blood. Um, and then I saw him in some other like movies as a featured actor, as he had some parts. Um, and then of course the latest thing that I've seen him in, I may be behind on his on his uh, filmography, but um, Supergirl. He played um, Jimmy mm. Olsen in Supergirl. That's right. So, um, I mean, shouts out to him for getting more work. I always enjoy enjoy him on the screen. But my issue was what they did to Jax in this movie, okay? Everybody knows Jax. So in, in the original 95 Mortal Kombat, I love that actor, too. That dude has been yeah. a ton of things. And I, I like how they did his Jax. This movie, they sort of, they sort of I don't know, they, they downgraded Jax for me. Because, I mean, he literally got his arms frozen off by Sub-Zero. Yeah, I was okay. That that's what I was gonna get to. It's just like maybe, go ahead. I'm not gonna take your flame. Go ahead. Baby. Well, no, because like maybe we should talk about that 
which again sub zero his entrance whenever he's tracking Cole down and Jack saves his ass because his SUV is impervious to hail the size of footballs. Um, you know, and Jack's is no nonsense. I love it. You know, again, he, he's no nonsense. He's very much a soldier. And he gets a shotgun and decides, well, I'm going to go after Sub-Zero, even though this dude's scary as shit. And Sub-Zero is a horror movie villain. He's the guy who doesn't have to run. He walks. Right. You know. He's Jason. Yeah. He literally, he's, he's talking to him like Jason, like seriously. <laughs> and there are two instances in this movie where the worst dad joke possible came out at me, and it's right... Yeah. And the first one is right here in the scene when Jax gets disarmed. Literally. Uh, <laughs> it, so he goes into a warehouse looking for Sub-Zero, right? And they... You know, they have this fight for a, a brief minute. It's just a hot minute. It doesn't last long because Bihan's kind of fucking with him. But Jax is like, oh, you want to play hide and seek? And he's looking around. And my first thought was, oh, Jax, maybe you should look behind you. So, okay, yeah, okay. Worst dad joke on the planet. And uh, I'm going to take a bow on that one, though. <laughs> So, to go on, so, you know, Jax, you know, Jax is actually doing a pretty decent job. I mean, yeah. Sub-Zero is, is technically, I guess, impervious if he wants to be the damage. But he's gonna, he, he's, he's put up a good fight, and then all of a sudden, um, Sub-Zero catches his arms and starts to freeze them. And he's like, what? He, look, he gives that look like. And all of a sudden, he does his, um, I ain't gonna call it a babality, but what do you call it when you when he, he didn't finish him. Yeah. But he, he, he rips his arms off. I, I guess so. the closest you can get is a brutality, but a brutality in the game right. always results in you getting murdered, too. Right, right. So, yeah, he rips his arms off, and my only issue with that is his arms aren't ripped off even, which I guess technically they wouldn't be ripped off even, depending on how you froze them. Yeah. But anyways, he's, he's, he's in a coma, okay? Technically, he should have... He, he, so Sub Zero not only fails again at killing somebody with the mark. Exactly. He put the guy. <laughs> say what? I said exactly. <laughs> he puts the guy in a coma and he cauterizes his wounds since he froze his arms. So I mean, the guy can't bleed out because he literally froze the vessels. That, anyways, <laughs> the monk somehow Raiden finds finds Jax, and we don't know this until later on. And they have him in the temple, and. Raiden is getting the best outworld or people to come and fix Jax. Yeah. And they give him they give him these little baby robot arms. I'm like, is this is this a scene from Deadpool when Deadpool gets gets blown up and he's regrowing his oh, body parts? Yeah, he gets <laughs> his little baby legs. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> so he gets these baby arms. And I'm like, okay, how is he? That's not Jax. Like no. don't do something like that. Give him, you know. And so I'm sitting up here and then also they start talking about you have to find your inner chi to unlock your power and Next thing I know, after a while, um, when all the bad guys come, Jax is trying to fight, and he's getting his butt whooped because he has these small baby arms, and somehow he got his energy to work, and he turns into an effing transformer. His arms, you know, I'm like, yeah. what? And I'm like, come on, man. Y'all could have did Jax better than that. He is he is very much a half-ass cyborg. Exactly. So I'm like, how, 
how can his energy make him a cyborg? That makes no sense. Which I'm but. glad we kind of get to Raiden's temple. Like I guess before that, Cole and uh, his family they they find Sonya Blade, who we realize has a very special guest hostage in her uh, in her house, which is Kano. Yeah. Who Josh Lawson plays Kano, and he yeah. is the goddamn MVP of this movie in terms of comedy. He's, you know, he is. He's the butt. <laughs> in fact, he, my favorite moment in the movie is, uh, in terms of comedy, that is, is when Sonya is giving Cole the breakdown on, like, how the tattoos, the markings and everything work, and Cole's like, how do you know all this? Where's your marking? And she goes, I don't have one. And just barely just barely in the background you hear Kano go wah wah yeah yeah (laughs) it it sounds like somebody barely caught that on a microphone that was not on him and they're like no we have to keep that yeah it was probably an ad lib and he he was like okay that that makes that that works let's let's keep that yeah apparently he ad libbed a lot of his stuff (laughs) so well I mean come on what, what They gave him a script that said, you're a boisterous asshole, play it. Oh, 100%. In fact, I think everything from him calling Liu Kang Magic Mike, you know, put a shirt on Magic Mike, to uh, Raiden giving everybody the breakdown of how much they suck, and then he just goes, hey, what about me, Gandalf? What's my fortune cookie say? And then just gets blasted. (laughs) Every time we see Kano on screen, in that first half of the movie, he starts off getting his ass beat. Yeah. So, Reptile shows up very briefly before... Don't even get me started on the Reptile, man. This Reptile, uh... Yeah, before Kano uh, does the vast majority of the fighting, even after getting knifed in the leg. Okay, actually, I'm glad we kind of brought up the whole Reptile thing, because Sonya has two of the single most unnecessary random acrobatic feats in the whole movie. Okay, the first one is in the fight with Reptile whenever they toss her the knife, and she decides to do this, like, corkscrew flip in midair to grab it and throw it when she lands, when she could have just reached out, grabbed it, and threw it without the extra downtime. It was misdirection, man. She showed, you know, she didn't want to die. She wanted to do some misdirection, okay? Nothing was even after her at that time, though. Like, it was getting ready to kill Kano. Like, they that was the worst part. Like, it wasn't even necessary misdirection. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which I get, I mean, it looked cool, but it was still like, it, it looked cool, but it was offset by how unnecessary it was. Well, the thing, the thing to me also, well, you mentioned the second one. What was the second one? The second acrobatic uh, thing? It occurs toward the end whenever Cole is getting his ass kicked again by Melina. Uh, I, I shouldn't say he's getting his ass kicked again by Melina. He's getting his ass kicked again in the movie. It just happens to be by Melina. And Sonya comes into the fight late, does this weird, like, unnecessary, again, like, corkscrew flip off this thing, lands, and then shoots Melina with her uh, sonic arms, or sonic uh, energy. It, so it we're gonna talk about Melina a little in a minute, but I gotta touch back up on um, on Reptile. Yeah, please do, because it was it's so, kind of a shame. So first of all, in the first movie, Reptile at least had a character. He didn't. I don't think he spoke, but he uh-huh. had a human face. 
before he turned did the lizard thing, okay? I thought that was awesome from the 95 movie. In this, apparently there are a ton of reptiles. Oh, there's yeah. not just one rep. There's a ton of them. And apparently they can regenerate and they can cloak. And they all look like, they look like um, Melina on a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Now this is more in line with like Mortal Kombat 4 and after Reptile, who does have a little bit of cloaking and everything they can do, and but is also very reptilian. Oh, apparently they can float in the air too when they're invisible, because I don't know how this dude escaped some of the damage that was being done to him, but this reptile was freaking was fire as far as avoiding damage. Yeah. And so, the other thing, um, and that's all I'm going to mention on Reptile, I think, I think they could have yeah. did Reptile justice. I think if the second movie comes out and they actually need like a because like, I mean in the, in the in the in the movie the first movie which stuck close to the game he was a fighter he wasn't just many of these little reptile creatures you know huh. but anyways the other thing I want to touch on is Melina okay yeah y'all could have done Melina more justice I mean Sissy Stringer is the actress that played Melina because I don't even know who she is because I guess I'm not up on my new actors actors um, these days but I mean, she was she was eye candy, of course, until she opened her mouth, and it was like, oh, okay, that's yeah, that's Melina, and it was like they did a good job with that, but I think they could have done a better job at showcasing her more, because to be honest, she was only in like five minutes of the whole movie, like right. <laughs> literally, she she was in the beginning sequence when you saw all the bad that bad guys. She was near the middle sequence when you saw the, the fight scene, and then I think that's basically it because she got killed. So all right. You think she got killed? I don't know. Well, I mean, but yeah, it was like, yeah, uh, she. Okay, there is one thing I do have a problem with about her death, but this is more just like a. I kind of have a problem in general with Mortal Kombat games and all with this. Sonya blasts her through the middle of the torso, and you get to look through the hole that's made, but her spine is still intact, but everything around it is not. Well, that's Sonya Blade's sonic energy. I mean, but <laughs> right, but I guess it just goes around bone i don't know how that works because it, they even do that in some in the games like i think it's even in one of uh, the fatalities in mortal kombat 11 where somebody like basically runs through the middle of the character and their spine's still intact and i'm like there's no way that should be possible all right and, all right. and i know that's kind of a throwback to the games which there are Perhaps. so many yeah like the, the throwback to the games really start with Kano's ad lib after he kills Reptile. Just rips his heart out right there, holding it in his hand, and he just goes, Kano wins. Like, yeah. huge nod to the fan base. And I, I'm going to give them credit. The Kano was, 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 pretty, was pretty on point in this movie. I, I did like seeing um, the like, computer-animated partial Kano. That was pretty cool. Um, he did justice again. He was he used to be cold because poor cold can't win a, win a thing. I mean, <laughs> I think he even mentioned his wife was the only thing that saved him from getting killed by King of, by um by Goro, yeah, by Goro. Um, but yeah, man. Um, shout shouts out, and I, I like how they set up Kano though for the next movie because you know in this yes. one he shot lasers through his eye. I think he's missing an eye, so they're gonna have the eye patch over there. He's gonna have that blaze, you know. Which is pretty. I like that they, they set that up for the next movie. That's pretty cool. Set up a good rivalry between him and Sonya because of it. I'm definitely in for that. Yeah, 
Uh. I liked um, seeing, um, I don't know who played um, Cobble, but that was cool. Cabal. Oh, yeah. I played him, but that was that was pretty cool to see see those characters in full uniform and with the sword, the blade. The blade was awesome. Yeah, actually, they did portray... Everybody's powers were actually portrayed pretty well. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I guess since we... After they free Kano and they, they start heading to Raiden's temple... Yeah. Uh, let's just discuss the fact that Raiden might be the only person in this movie aside from Bihan who sucks at their job more. Like, so, I, I have an argument for this. He says he's not supposed to get involved in mortal affairs, right? However, he very clearly does multiple times. I don't think it counts, though, when, when the other side is cheating as, as much as they do, because... To be honest, the only reason why Shang Tsung is, is... I mean, but if it's on that same note, then why didn't he save Hanzo at the beginning? True. And That's... he creates that huge electric shield. Yeah. Which is clearly interfering in the conflict. Uh, just so that way they can train him for a couple of days in pure montage, montage fashion. Um yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's just... There's part of me that kind of feels like Raiden's really not that good at this. Not only, like, he berates all the fighters at the very beginning for basically just like, okay, here's all the ways in which you suck, and then Kano's like, but you didn't tell me how I sucked, and then gets blasted by Raiden. Uh, shit, Liu Kang's already fireballed Kano by that point. The only person who really hasn't... The only person who really hasn't gotten his licks in on Kano is Kung Lao. And he just verbally assaults him <laughs> later on to get him to activate his arcana. So now, I thought Kung Lao's character was better, to be honest, than Luke Kang's character in this movie. Hell yeah. Which is opposite of the original movie. But then again, they were boosting uh, Luke Kang in the original movie because he's the guardian. Everybody well, knows he is that. He's the next Earth guardian. This is, this is Kung Lao's first movie appearance, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, which is funny because I was always a Kung Lao fan in the games. Uh, yeah. You know, nothing quite like a Shaolin monk odd job. Because yeah, he throws a hat. Like let's. But just... you know, I, I and I really, um, I really, I really enjoyed Kung Lao in this. And technically, he was supposed to be the Earth Guardian. It was the tie between him and um, Liu Kang, and of yeah. course, which that's the reason why he didn't become it because he was too hot headed, which mm. you see in the movie, which is why he. Now that's kind of a mashup of game lore because the yep. original Guardian of Earth was the great Kung Lao. Yeah. And then this Kung Lao that was with Liu Kang was supposed to be a descendant of the great Kung Lao. Right. So just, you know, not the great, just regular. Uh, you know, the great Kung Lao light, so to speak. Uh but so to be honest to me and this movie Kung Lao was the was the best fighter the best everything and then he then he gets taken out it was it was I was like really this is how he gets beat and you know I was sitting there and I'm looking at Luke Kang I'm like aren't you gonna try to help yeah <laughs> I'm like what are you just watching him die then you just create a dragon out of fire what are you doing <laughs> so the biggest throwbacks to the game also appear in Raiden's temple come to think of it because they see the amulet of Shinnok yeah. Who was the main villain for a long time in Mortal Kombat after yeah. they got tired of Shao Kahn. Um, 
you see Liu Kang mentions Bo Rai Cho. Uh, you see Baraka on a mural on the wall. You see Goro on a mural on the wall. Like, they, they throw out all this shit. Like, just throwing it at the wall. You know, like, here's everything you can expect to see later on. Here's what we're working with. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then even then, you know, at the end of the movie, of course, they um, give you that Johnny Cage. And we're going to find the next, the next um, yeah. Garden of Earth. And then you see the little locker thing. The movie actually is like Johnny Cage. <laughs> right? Which I... There is... There's so much fun to be had with that character. Um, let's see. I mean, Shang Tsung also mentions a ton. Like, I'm pretty sure Shang Tsung mentions Shao Kahn in this Say movie. Again. I said, I'm pretty sure Shang Tsung mentioned Shao Kahn in this movie. Because um, he, he that's talks. The he answers to, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that is who he answers to. Um, and then, let's see. Well, actually, Kung Lao does get the best kill of the movie, come to think of it. It's, uh, and also one of the other greatest game throwbacks whenever, oh, God, what was her name, the dragon lady? Um, shit. I can't think of it right offhand. The dragon lady that Kung Lao uh, gets rid of, Natara. Oh, I forgot about her, but yeah, yeah. okay. Kung Lao, uh, <laughs> Shang Tsung's like, hey, have my screeching dragon girlfriend come take you out. And Kung Lao's, you know, all right, that's fine by me. As soon as she tries to take him out from the air, he grabs onto her, leaps on her back, throws his hat into the ground, and gets the spinning buzzsaw hat that we've come to see in some of the games. Yeah. yeah. Wipes the blood off the brim when he puts it back on and then just says... Flawless victory. victory. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. I I forgot about that actually for a minute. Oh, fucking it, right? Like that was one of my favorite things in the movie, just from like a just from a gamer perspective. Like, well, also the whole soul suck was awesome too. Yeah, except for that <laughs> line from Cabal. That oh yeah, that half that fakeish New York accent that old Cabal was doing there. That yeah. uh, you hear that? He's about to get his soul sucked. <laughs> and you made it weird. Like I, I never wanted to hear it put that way. <laughs> yeah. I like the screams they make right before the end. I'm like, okay, again. <laughs> A little child place there. Yeah. Out of context, we're we're running into some weird territory. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness man but yeah no I mean overall the movie was pretty good I, I gotta say it was dope apparently it's about to leave HBO Max so. yeah today actually is it's final day I'm pretty sure yeah so uh, I mean that's cool um I look forward to seeing the next iteration I mean it was just one of those movies that I think I'm glad they did justice to to it other than the one so to me, the, the top two Mortal Kombat movies, of course, is the first one and then this one, okay? Yeah. The other the other ones before that, after the original Mortal Kombat, they sort of, after the second, the second one, I could tolerate the second one, but the ones after that, I was like, no. Uh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mortal Kombat Legacy, and yeah. there was other ones too, but... 
yeah. I, I think maybe there was one in between there. I don't remember which one it is. I have to go and watch them all again, which would be my, a headache. My problem <laughs> with one of the series was it completely just... It introduced characters from the lore, but it did not use them properly. I agree. Like, the movies... I, the movie, this movie actually uses the people from the lore properly. I think, you know, in the, if they do this movie right, they can actually talk about, um, what they call it, the undead version of them, if they use the movie right. Oh, yeah, the revenants that, uh... The revenants, yeah, yeah. If they do this movie right, they can actually talk about the revenants. I mean... Because um, I, think, I think the original movies were trying to make their way to talk about the revenants, and then they just, like, screwed up the lore so bad, it was horrible. Hmm. So... Yeah. yeah. Well, the the revenants hadn't happened in the movie in the movie universe. Like in the early '90s, like that came about by the time Deadly Alliance came around, and shortly after that. Yeah. But yeah. you do kind of get into the netherworld and Quan Chi, though, because technically you could introduce Quan Chi with Scorpion. And they probably will. They probably in the next one they may they may because I mean you got Johnny Cage because if you know anything about the lore, Johnny Cage didn't know this, but apparently his family is wouldn't. Were sorcerers, which ties into Shang Tsung in some way. So yeah, yeah. That's why he's that shadow ability. He has a shadow ability. And uh, I, I do have to say this about them eliminating Kung Lao in the movie was that is also extremely respectable to game lore because Kung Lao is the only person who dies more than Johnny Cage. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. This is true. Johnny Cage has died in the game no less than three times, but possibly more, over the course of the series. Uh, Kung Lao has died in almost every iteration he's appeared in. Including Mortal Kombat 11 in the DLC. Um, yeah, the, the aftermath campaign, I'm pretty sure. Because part of me was just like, oh wow, Kung Lao made it through this one, and then the aftermath stuff happened, I'm like, no, nah, no shit, no he didn't. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm, 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 I'm looking. Um, there's not much Jessica McNamee, the one who plays Lady Blade. I was trying to see if I could find any. Yeah, she's, her, but she's, she's made a bunch of appearances and stuff, but it's not really anything you would probably recognize. Right, no, it, it, there's not. But, okay, so you, you and Eli would know that I'm having way too much fun with uh, basically doing the six degrees of Kevin Bacon of sorts on Mortal Kombat. <laughs> To figure out who could win Mortal Kombat based on the other movies these people have appeared in. So, Louis Tan, who played Cole, was Shatterstar in Deadpool 2. Yeah. So technically, in the next movie, if the bad guys want to win, just have a really stiff crosswind. Well, he was also Gaius Chow in Badlands. Oh. He was in Badlands series, too. So, yeah, basically, though, a stiff crosswind can beat Cole. All they need is to basically have him parachute into the arena and have him get close to a helicopter he's done. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Hiroyuki Sonata can technically be beaten by Ronin or Hawkeye. Okay. Because that he got killed and is only seen in Endgame by, uh, by Ronin. So, technically, Hawkeye and a stiff crosswind are in pretty high contention to win Mortal Kombat, based on that logic. Uh, I know why I didn't know the new Melina actress. She hasn't been much. She just started out. Okay. Well, good for her. Guess what her her first major movie was. What? 
remember the remake of Stephen King's Children of the Corn? Yeah, oh, really? 2020, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, we all gotta start somewhere. That'll be her Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Matthew McConaughey on that one. So uh, apparently she likes, she's done, uh, she's, she likes the horror genre, because she's also in another movie called Bloody Hell, which I've, I haven't seen either one of those. So. Yeah, I, I don't know if she necessarily likes the horror genre so much as that's probably one of the easiest ways to get like an acting break <laughs> I mean if you think like I said Matthew McConaughey was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4 Jennifer Aniston was in one of the Leprechaun movies I feel like uh-huh. that's just a way to pad your resume at first so I mean uh Oh, you know, the Arcanas. We kind of talked about those a little bit, which is basically you have to have a marking. Yeah. enables you to develop, as Kano calls them, superpowers. <laughs> it's your mutation. <laughs> so, which... It turns you to X-Men. <laughs> exactly. So, Kano uh, is just as big a dickhead as Cyclops, so there you go. That works out perfectly for his Arcana with laser yeah. eyes. Oh, gosh. Um... So, but apparently it has to be activated on, with, with emotion of some sorts and apparently the only way that you can frazzle Kano is to deny him an egg roll that's the oh, only that's the only way that you can piss him off enough to activate his arcana is by not handing him food and then insulting the hell out of him for even suggesting that he wanted an egg roll um, which that, that scene was hilarious and I will almost forever refer to Kung, to Kung Lao or Liu Kang as the Wushu wankers because of that um, even though I'm a Kung Lao main in Mortal Kombat but well listen you gotta understand too though Cole <laughs> <laughs> it took Cole to almost get his butt killed before his powers activated so yeah but you know what his you know what his powers? His power. That thing Scorpion activated his powers. You know what his powers turned out to be? What? Cole's power was literally plot armor. <laughs> yeah, it was armor keeping from dying. Right, but it was plot armor, like and, and a couple of tonfas. So he got Curtis Striker mixed with a, you know, I don't know what, a little bit of. Uh, Shit, Colossus, maybe. Well, he was also able to summon some version of of um, Hellfire too, because you know they would heat up. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it, so, it was. Let's just say his powers are weird. Okay. It was, but most of it equates to the fact that for an MMA fighter who was never good at defense, he quite literally got plot armor, just as convenient along with a couple of sharp-edged tonfas, so I feel like they really took a little bit from the Curtis Stryker character. Okay. Uh, I feel that. So I don't know I if we'll ever see him in the movies, but... Stryker, probably not. I'm kind of okay with that. I was never a Stryker fan, so... I think he was just put in anyways, just because they needed more characters. They're like, well, you know, 12 isn't enough. We need to make this a full 20. <laughs> right. Well, is it? Because he, he shows up in, like, Mortal Kombat 3. 
and he's a compatriot of Jack's and Sonya's in some way. Um, so yeah, that's that's Curtis Stryker right there. That, and that's about as far as I'll ever delve into him. Um, of course, Kano turns shit heel after he gets his Arcana. Well, but as a as a fan of Kano, knowing who Kano is, you knew that was coming. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. If it dealt with money or anything dealing with a deal, Kano is in. It doesn't matter which side it's for. I mean, it's, he's he's all about risk, and that's that's Kano. Oh, one hundred percent, and with a little bit of fun mixed in. Um, I mean, I still love his whole watching. Uh, Cole getting trained by Kung Lao and he's just like maybe your arcana is getting your ass kicked by a hat because <laughs> even in that egg roll scene like his one liners are just rapid fire you know the what's his name down there Kung Pao pass me an egg roll you know the or maybe if you don't pass me that egg roll I'll shove that sombrero so far up your ass you'll start speaking Spanish that like, I, I can't forget these lines just because they were ridiculous enough that they merited a chuckle at the very least. Right. Or just a good old-fashioned full laugh for a lot of them. Especially the when Liu Kang sweeps his leg and he's like, oh, okay, all right, let's get to fighting for real this time. Liu Kang sweeps the legs again immediately because Kano just has no focus whatsoever. And then... He goes for the third time, and he jumps, but when he jumps, Liu Kang stands up, and you just hear Kano go, oh, fuck, and then he knows he's getting ready to get, like, dropped again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kano. Like, it's, it is legitimately funny to watch him, just, like, being so cocky but failing so hard through the rest of the movie. And then there's there's a part of me that's just like, hey, you keep fucking up, but at least you're better at your job than Bihan was because you did secure at least one objective. Like yeah. he, he didn't even he didn't even bother to finish Jax off. He's just like, I'm just gonna leave. I shattered his arms. That should be enough. Yeah, that's what, was, that's what I said earlier. Like he literally saved the man's life that he tried to kill by cauterizing his, his wounds with ice. I mean, he kept yeah. him from bleeding out. And he even felt like whenever Raiden's trying to teleport everybody out, he quite literally fails at that too. Because he could have just like thrown an ice like javelin essentially through Cole and ended that whole problem right then and there. But instead he just hits him with a hailstone in the chest and flings him out of the teleport area. Well, you saw his powers in the, in, the, in the opening sequence. He technically didn't have to do all that. He could have just made the whole area turn to ice because that's what he did. In the opening sequences, when he was killing the um, the people um, behind, you know, when he was killing which of those people, um, yeah, just the turned into ice blocks, right? Which is what he did to God, poor Zub Sierra or poor Scorpion's wife and son. Damn, that that was pretty vicious. I gotta say, uh, but. But, but Sub-Zero was really portrayed in this movie like a horror movie villain. Like, he's just a, a horror movie villain. Like, he was just quite literally, he was a horror movie monster. He just shows yeah. up, lumbers towards you, and will just, like, brute force his way 
into turning your head into pulp. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so that was pretty cool. It was actually a really good way to show him, you know, as brutal as he is. So, God, where'd we look? So, yeah, I guess uh, Raiden has to teleport everybody into the void to get him away from the inevitable onslaught of Shang Tsung and his cronies, even though Kung Lao dies in the process. Because out of everybody there, Shang Tsung's like, no, I really got to get rid of this guy myself. But somehow... There's the only guy he knew that, could, that had a chance of beating them all. I mean... Yeah. But somehow, though, Kung Lao's hat follows them into the void even after he's dead. So I have no idea what the hell that means. It means he'll be back later. I hope so. Damn. You know, give him a chance to... He's the Sean Bean of Mortal Kombat. Dude dies all the time. Uh, but... No, I mean, it, it works out because obviously he's the most powerful, so you got to take away their trump card. You got to have them be a little bit uneven. Uh, at this point, they've lost Goro as well. Yeah. Um, so then they're just like, okay, well, if they, want, if they don't want a tournament, let's give them a tournament on our terms, which is awesome. I mean, from a strategy standpoint, you pick your battleground. Right, exactly. You know, because Defender has advantage. You've obviously chosen the spot. You chose it for a reason. It's yours to command. Um, so, Jax takes on Rico, whose only job in this movie is to yell and swing a hammer. Yeah. Uh, poor Nathan Jones, who plays Rico. I think that's the only reason they hire him, is so that way he can yell and look kind of... It's not even menacing, I always find those characters who are kind of like that, the big muscle-bound, like, I yell a lot and swing hard and beat stuff up, I find them to be more goofy than intimidating. Uh, okay, that's fair. I, if somebody... Like, if Rico in that movie were to come at me, I know I wouldn't survive as me, because I know who I am. Because my arms are about as big as Jax's baby robot arms. Uh... But, but I would die laughing. Like it, it probably, that might be the only chance I have is get into his head as he's pummeling my face and not stopping till he hits concrete. Uh, is just laughing for as long as I can as it happens because I just can't picture how goofy that looks and how they think that's it. I mean, yeah. So, Jax goes to fight Reiko, and here's another problem I had with this movie, though, is that at this point, it starts to get into really fast, like, Michael Bay jump cuts back and forth to each fight, so every time somebody lands one punch, they switch to the next person. Okay. And it gets a little, like, I would have just rather focused on the fights one-on-one you know, for a little bit, had it, had something else going on. Because, for some so, reason... to speak on that, hmm. I think that you gotta realize, like, for this, this movie was pretty quick, like, this, the fight scenes happened, it was pretty, you attack you, you attack you, finish the fight scene, go to the next thing. So, I think it was, the, the, the combat was meant to be fast and 
themselves doing a one-on-one. I don't think they. I don't think. I don't think there was enough time in this movie in order to do the one-on-ones. Yeah, you're you're right on that one. I, that's a good point. I never really thought of it that way. I just figured like I just got tired of it jumping. Well, and the only person who really had a one-on-one was Cole, and you know. Well, that was the weird part to me was everybody else gets a one-on-one fight, but Cole and Liu Kang go together to face Melina and Cabal. Yeah. Which I found funny because I'm like, well, clearly Cole needs an ally. He really does. You got to send him with somebody. But for all the other fights, Raiden transported all the other fighters to those locations. Like, he transported Kano to Sonya's house. Right. He transported Rico to where Jax inevitably smashed his head like a watermelon in a fantastic fatality. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, well, you gotta show up those baby, now super cybernetic arms, you know? <laughs> yeah, because Jax's arcana was, I guess, supposed to be super strength, but in terms of that, it just made his robot arms go from uh, bargain bin off-brand T-800 to full-on Terminator. <laughs> I don't know. That was, they got to do some justice to Jackson in the next movie. I'm sorry. They really Jackson's do. Jackson's a redemption. Um, and <laughs> then, let's see. Yeah, because it was Melina versus Cole and Cabal versus Liu Kang. And Liu Kang, uh, we finally get to see the amazing bicycle kick. <laughs> complete with the wah, you know, like the, the sound effects. Um, yeah, yeah, sadly. And then he does his animality on him, which yeah, he is did. Yeah. The, the fire dragon, just yeah, freaking awesome. Which made us just like, why couldn't you sing? Why couldn't you say Kung Lao? <laughs> I I have no idea. I I, I think uh, it was weird because Liu Kang kind of everybody depended on Kung Lao way too much, and I think it was like a form of. Uh, uh, like almost just being content like they didn't have to try because Kung Lao was there he'll be fine so hey you know while we were talking I was looking up all the actors and actresses there were most like half the actors on this set were Australian yep um, the one we talked about earlier who played the dragon lady um, wait she was she's Australian? Australian huh? they said she was Australian? I did not know yeah. that her name is Mel J- um, Jarnson. Yeah. And this, she makes me feel freaking old because she was born in 98. Oh, wow. I was I was in that area in 98. <laughs> 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 like, I was on that part of the world in 98. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's crazy. Huh. I wasn't in Australia then, though, so it ain't my kid. <laughs> <laughs> Say, you got something you want to tell us there, ABG? That's uh, that's a lot to take in in this podcast. No, it's my kid. But no, no, she, she's that's cool though. Like, seriously, half the cast was Australian. That's crazy. Yeah, which I, I find funny because you know, half of them had to have been pissed that Kano got to be his authentic self and the rest of them had to like American it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, I didn't like his accent. The accent wasn't... I understand he's an Australian actor, but I think he's been... I don't know. I don't know. His accent just didn't sit right. Hmm. I, I I don't know. He was kind of... Uh, 
he is a little more crocodile Dundee, I guess. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's you know. But maybe he's put on a, a Bush accent, but that's not Australians don't necessarily talk like that. So. So the weirdest thing about the Kano Sonya fight is uh, I don't I don't know how many people here are familiar with the storytelling um, principle of Chekhov's gun. So. Chekhov's gun is a principle that in the, if you see a gun in the first act, by the third act, that gun has to have been used or go off. Right? Sonya Blade's fight has Chekhov's gnome. So in, the, in one of the introductions to Kano that we get in the movie, whenever... It's after he drinks all of Sonya's beer, at that which another one of my good favorite one-liners in there it's just like uh, by the way your beer is shit and you're almost out of it <laughs> yeah that was awesome yeah. I agree that was a good scene as he's drinking out of it uh, he hawks a loogie and spits and he hits a garden gnome in her front yard mentioning specifically I fucking hate garden gnomes okay and, and then it does a close-up of the gnome with a big old like mucus wad in its outstretched hand yep the end of that fight, Sonya Blade takes the garden gnome and rams it through Kano's eye. Yep. So, Chekhov's gnome. Thank, yeah. Thank you, storytelling principles. Uh, <laughs> so, she... Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, that's exactly how we're going to get Kano's cybernetic eye, though. Because they better, they better freaking do that. And they probably will. They probably will. That's that's hilarious. So. Oh man. Ugh. So yeah. What else? What else? What else was in that movie that I may or may not have missed that I liked? Um. I mean. Well, I guess, uh, what do you think about just the fight choreography in general? No, I, I think the, the fighting choreography was pretty good. I, I liked the whole, um, when Cole was doing his MMA, MMA bout with um, that sleazy dude that was hooking him up for side jobs. Yeah. Uh, those fights were pretty were pretty close to the real thing. I, I like that. Um with other scenes um the whole fight scenes with between um him and Goro were pretty decent I mean Goro of course was a partial animation yeah uh, so basically was shadow boxing you can sort of tell he was shadow boxing in certain in certain sequences um <sighs> Kano, Kano so the fight scenes dealing with Kano were a little mm, I think they slowed it down a little bit for him um, yeah. Because so when he was fighting, when he was fighting the guys who actually knew what they were doing, you could tell it was sort of the core. It was it was a dance, um, and it was a slow dance. So it was like, okay. Um, oh goodness! Now those fight scenes with um, Scorpion and uh, Sub Zero, that was some good shit. Oh my Excuse god! Me, that yeah. was some good stuff. That was some good stuff. Um, that was good. I, I enjoyed that choreography. That was good. Um, 
Jax's scenes when he's fighting Sub Zero, um, it wasn't so much martial arts as it was just that was MMA basically again, just street yeah. fight MMA style. Um, I think that I don't think they really they did slow down a bit for him, but he was keeping up because he might be he might practice in real life. I don't mm-hmm. know if the actor practices or not in real life, but um, I don't know. It was it wasn't bad. I can't I can't knock that. Um, now the Melina scene, Melina stuff, it was just flash fighting. So yeah, yeah, that was no real. And so I think overall the choreography was was good. Um, but you could definitely tell the people who actually knew what they were doing versus the people who weren't as skilled versus the people who had no skill. But it wasn't um, that didn't make the that didn't make the fight sequences suck. It just, it just showed you could tell the you could tell when the fight slowed down that oh this person is not really up to the you know. Versus, it was overall. I like the fight sequences. Okay, they were they were pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I did too. The I was gonna say my my favorite my two favorite fights, unfortunately, were between Bihan and Scorpion, and it was the very first fight and the very last yeah. one. Yeah, I agree. That was that was a that was a, that was a good fight. I like Cole fights too. Cole's fights were all, and all, all the choreography for uh, can't talk now. And all the choreography for um, Joe T- um, for Louis for Louis Tan, they were pretty good. But yeah. then again, like I said, he's been every every show he's been, he's he's fighting. He is a martial artist, so you know. Right, and I I think they could do better in making some of the other characters like Liu Kang look better in future installments. Like, in terms of just the prowess, the fighting prowess. Because um, Liu Kang seemed a little weak in this movie to me. And I didn't like that he was necessarily just like a willing to play, not even second banana, but like third behind Kung Lao and Cole. Uh, because, you know, they... I mean, he's freaking Liu Kang. Like, if you know the the game lore, then Liu Kang is the end-all, be-all. If you watch the first movie, Liu Kang is the end-all, be-all. Right? (laughs) Like, the original movie. The original movie. Exactly. Like, um... I'm trying to think here. But, I mean, it it also teased a lot more. Like, this movie felt like a world-building movie. It was. It is. And, I agree. I think it is. And I don't think it was supposed to be anything more than that. Uh, like, it was clearly built with a franchise in mind. And, I mean, and they played it smart. I'll give them that. They, they, didn't, they didn't get too crazy. And, like you said, they gave us that teaser of um, Jenny Cage. So, I mean, they, oh, they, I yeah. think they're trying to build, they're trying to rebuild the world of Mortal Kombat, which is cool. Oh, 100%. I gotta say, it was a uh, let me see here. I'm, I mean, I'm still looking at uh, stuff from the cast list and everything, but again, dad joke number two came out in that last Scorpion Sub-Zero fight because you, you hit that shot where Bihan is about ready to start just, let's face it, he's going to start waylaying on Cole because that's what everybody does in this movie. And um, it kind of has that shot where you know something's going to come up from behind him. 
and you've already getting you've already gotten that shot of him bleeding onto the kunai and it's starting to glow red. So you know Scorpion's coming. You just don't exactly know when until you get that shot where you can clearly tell something's going to come from behind him right before that kunai goes sailing through his arm. Dad joke number two right there. Look out behind you. Again, I got to use two of the same ones in the movie, and I won't apologize. <laughs> hey, and, I, and for all you fans out there, currently, if you, whenever you listen to this right now, you're not going to be able to see the... Whenever you listen to this, you're probably not going to be able to see um, the new movie because on HBO Max because it's leaving today or, you know, at midnight or 1300, oh, I'm sorry, 0100. But um, also, you'll still be able to see the original Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat, the movie that, that sort of destroyed the, the movie franchise, Annihilation. Oh, um, no. That's available right now on HBO Max. At least so. it was fittingly named. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and then of course... The one thing that people are not talking about, which I haven't seen yet myself, I need to get into it, that's bad on me, is Mortal Kombat Legends, uh, the Scorp- which is Scorpio's Revenge movies, our, yeah. our cartoon. I did watch basically. that the other day, and it was actually pretty decent. Okay. At least cool. I liked it. Uh, Joel McHale was Johnny Cage. That, oh, okay, nice. I, I, it worked. He's, right. He can be a douche enough to pull that off. If he just bulk up a little bit, I'd say let him play him in the next movie. But, um, <laughs> oh goodness! But yeah, I. But that final like we we got some of the classic fatalities. Scorpion, whenever he finally kills Sub Zero at the end, does his classic flame fatality with the flaming skull and everything. Yeah. Yeah, poor Sub Zero got melted by by Hellfire. <laughs> yeah, until Shang Tsung shows up and it's just like, "Oh, you killed all my fighters. That sucks. Looks like I'm gonna bring an army next time." And then <laughs> he envelops all of his fallen fighters in a black smoke and says the ominous line, "Death is only a gateway." Yeah, and you're like, oh, "Okay, well, everybody will be back in the sequel." There you go. <laughs> Yeah, and then of course you get those, you get new Sabat Splash. Yeah. So, Joe Taslim, you've got a job coming back as Noob Sabat. Um, By the way, in case all you you Mortal Kombat fans didn't know, I'm pretty sure all most most true Mortal Kombat fans know that Noob Sabat is Tobias Boom written backwards, which is one of the original game yep. um, yep. produced. I think. Like one of the guys who made the original game. He is one of the creators of the series. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's just some that's just some history for you there. Oh. But I'm pretty sure all, all you Mortal Kombat fans, true fans, know knew that already. So. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be such a really good thing to have. It's like your legacy left is a character that was kind of throwaway at first, but then you just retconned him to make him Sub Zero. Or, sorry, an undead Sub-Zero. Well, apparently, uh, so I know we weren't, we're not talking about Game War, but just to mix that in there a little bit. So apparently they had one guy who was creating all these characters, uh, was in charge of that, who created all these characters that made Mortal Kombat what it is today, and they didn't even 
the main producers didn't even know about it. Like, and they asked him. I saw there's a documentary that talks about this that's out there, and they asked him, um, "Have everybody, has everybody unlocked all the secrets to Mortal Kombat?" And he's like, "I guess you have to just see, see, find out." And they, I think I think he even said um, there may be some stuff that I don't even remember that I put in there that may still be in the game that may not have found. So there's still plenty of plenty of eggs in the game apparently, or maybe in the game that we don't know about. You have to do special sequences, yeah. or that's been a certain time when it unlocks, or you have to do a certain move or something that unlocks it. So well, I think it's crazy. Wasn't Noob Sabat discovered as a debug character? Yeah, and then. Yeah. Smoke was also another one of those that was kind of joked at and then brought in. And some of the ninjas they brought in later were clearly jokes. Mm-hmm. Well, Reptile. Reptile was in the original game, but you didn't know it. Like, you would see him pop through the grass and then hide. Yeah. Well, he <laughs> he was a secret fight, so you could actually yeah. fight him. Yeah. I accidentally did it once. I don't remember how. So it worked yeah. out, though. So, I mean, that's... So, the fact that we have all this lore, and there still could be stuff in there that we don't know about, which I doubt it now, but you never know. Um, coders, man. Coders are crazy. Okay. Coders put crazy stuff in games that people don't know about until later, so... But um, I'm just glad that that, that coder had, had, had the insight to create these characters that made the game better later on when they decided to finally pull them out into the mainstream of the game, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. And we have so many crazy avenues this can go down from the the cybernetic Lin Kuei warrior sector and Cyrax to, God, Shao Kahn and all of that goopy shit that comes from him. Uh, Kitana, who is Melina's sister in a way. Melina was just a clone of Kitana that was just evil as hell, created by Shang Tsung. So there you go there. Um, you know, we got the... We, we have plenty of other avenues, though. A lot more female characters that can be added in. Um, Jade. I want to see them bring Jade out. I was hoping you'd say that, because, yes, Jade will... She, she almost inevitably has to be there. Yeah. Uh, and with it, you could have Shiva, the female Goro character, uh, because yeah. it, when you introduce Kitana, Sindel, her mother... Yeah. Would obviously have to be part of it somehow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's funny because if you know the lore of the game, this movie was actually quite good, at least in terms of how respectful they were with it. It's not to say they didn't tweak a few things, but uh, but you also realize just in terms of their world building how freaking crazy this can go. I totally agree, Yeah. So I think that's what actually I was looking forward to it a lot because of that. Uh, and I hope and obviously we're going to get Johnny Cage in a sequel. And if they stick with game lore and that, then don't get too attached to him. He'll get murdered. <laughs> He's going to get murdered anyway, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So they might just keep him alive because he's a fan favorite, though. I obviously the fan favorites made it through this movie relatively unscathed.
I mean, Sub-Zero's a fan favorite, obviously. So is Scorpion, though. But you know their rivalry has to end with one of the two dying. And Wait, can Scorpion really die, though? Not really. He can kind of just be sent back to the underworld or to the netherworld until they need him again. So inevitably, he will be back in the sequel, in which case they might bring Sub-Zero's little brother. Yeah. I can never remember his actual name. Um, damn it. It's going to irritate me now. But it, it doesn't matter. He's the replacement Sub-Zero. But he's actually right. a good guy. He's not an asshole like his big brother. <laughs> but... I, I'm just wondering if they're going to get into the Elder God Pantheon next, because then you have Fujin, you have Raiden, Shinnok, Cetrion, uh, all those people that they could introduce as part of that. And then, of course, the big bad of the Elder Gods, the mother of the Elder Gods, essentially, Kronika, who controls yeah. time. Because it, I don't know if, if anybody's been keeping up with the Mortal Kombat storyline. I just did a crash course on it. Uh, apparently they are in their, what I'm going to call their new 52 or Terminator Genesis phase where they're restarting the timeline and then just building off of it from there. Right. Uh, But they still kind of incorporated the old timeline into it a little bit. Like, but now Liu Kang is an elder God because he kind of merged with Raiden and became fire God, Liu Kang. Uh, well, he's just fire guy. He's lightning too. He's like he encompasses two elements. Oh yeah, he's quite literally like in that final fight scene. He beats Kronika's ass with both lightning and fire. Like it's right. yeah. Um, so Luke Kane. So I'm sorry, not Luke Kane, but um, Behan's younger brother is um, Kwai Lane. Thank you. I probably said that name wrong. I apologize, but yeah. Well, that's the younger brother. Doesn't it? That's the, that's the Sub-Zero that everybody actually likes, though. Yeah, it is. Like, it is. not his asshole older brother, because he's Noob Sabat. Nobody cares. Well, actually, a lot of people like Noob Sabat as well. It's just, we all know he's a dick. Like, right, right. Which, I, I think we kind of discussed this a little bit, like, off, off uh, mic, but Mortal Kombat is a bloodier version of the WWE. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, we mentioned that, yeah. Because a lot of the characters do complete heel turns at certain points, uh, away from being good guys, you know, so... Or they do the reverse, they were heels, and then they turn back to the side of good, a.k.a. the early 90s rock. Right. Um, the only difference is, like, at the end, you're not just hitting a dude with a chair and pinning him to the ring, you're crushing his head. But characters die, they come back, a la The Undertaker. Uh, (laughs) So it's 100% like the WWE. Um, Oh, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, it's a little off topic, but uh, Johnny Cage was originally modeled off of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes, that's true. They just couldn't secure the licensing to use his actual likeness. Right. But they still yeah. kept the flag that he could do the splits. Yeah. I remember that in the game, man. And so, to be honest, I don't know about now because I haven't played a um, Super Nintendo. 
version of Mortal Kombat in like years now. But I'm pretty sure for that time frame, those graphics were pretty freaking good. They were. <laughs> they they actually were really solid. Um, they didn't look like claymation. They almost looked like photo like yeah. real people. The I mean, you clearly knew you were still playing a video game, but it looked a lot more realistic than a lot of the other things that came before it. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, and I know now stuff looks real, like when you play it. So that's yeah, that's sensitive for the technology then to what they what they were able to use, the graphics engines. So, but um, so yeah, man, I'm I'm hoping. Have, have they even said when the new movie? When the next movie will be coming out? I don't think they've announced the sequel yet, but it has made enough in the box office, even with being on HBO Max, that it could merit a sequel. Possibly. Uh, we'll we'll see what else they do. In in my opinion, they should start merchandising this shit and making some money off toy sales because I would gladly buy me a Scorpion action figure. <laughs> I just hope that if they haven't announced it, that means they're trying to get a good script because I mean. The script for this movie will be what will sell it. The the, mm-hmm. the fighting is going to happen because you've got actors who are mostly actors who are trained, right? Um, and you got time to train those who you don't have, especially now, because um, you know everything is starting slowly starting to return. The world is slowly turning back to normal again. Well, what we consider normal. I mean, it'll never be hundred percent as they've said, but right, people starting to mingle now without having to wear you know as much protection. Um, but no, saying that, I'm just saying the script, a, script, a good script for Mortal Kombat will go a long way. And I think that's what they got away with from the original. The original movie was probably the best one. Like I said, I think there's one in between the original and two. Yeah, it was. That was decent. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it, it was, it was definitely the script because you look at the second movie, the script sucked, Okay. <laughs> The script just—it was just. Uh, oh yeah. And, and then you look at um, the other stuff. I mean, but basically they just need—I think they just need a good script, a director, who like they can keep the same director, and as long as the script is good, I'll be happy with the next if, when they come out with the next movie. Oh yeah. Um, but if, if they can't—if they get a good script and a sucky director, that'll also affect it. So I think good script, either keep this director or get a director that understands. An action movie with uh, with a, with some with a story that understands a story and an action movie together. I think you should be fine um, if they come out with another movie. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And they're gonna have Johnny Cage in the next one, so clearly you've got a larger than life character who can really help carry the slow scenes. I wish my 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 issue with that is is this okay? I'm glad they're introducing Johnny Cage, but you still got Cole that you got to figure out because. Technically, Cole is the fighter version of Johnny, Johnny Cage because I think in, in, in the original lore, Johnny Cage was a movie star, but he also did fights on the side. And Cole has sort of taken that spot of the fighter. You know? Yeah. So they got to, to work that out. <laughs> I am... Uh, that's a really good point. I think Cole will just serve as the vessel for which Scorpion appears. <laughs> because knowing that... Knowing that Cole has a daughter, yeah. it doesn't matter if he lives. Yeah. If they're just worried about keeping the Hisashi bloodline going, they're fine. Cole can die at any point. Yeah. If they really want to play that angle. I don't think they do. I mean, otherwise, 
I'm still waiting for the cold DLC pack to drop for Mortal Kombat 11. I know it's going to happen. He will be added in at some point. I mean, fucking RoboCop and Rambo and the Joker are in Mortal Kombat 11. You're telling me they're not going to drop some cold DLC in there? skins too by the way oh really my god yeah. okay i mean it makes sense well they have all the source niggas character in there is um the, yeah the terminator i think it, yeah i think it's just a mod to that character but it's it is conan the barbarian actually no 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 they're not using on a source nigga they're using you can um the main guy with the hammer you can turn him into something different. oh shokan yeah you can turn him into a character a different looking character okay okay i i hopefully we can get uh Another character I want to see in the sequel is Nightwolf. I I don't know. Like, I kind of liked his character. I don't think they've ever really utilized him that much. But He's a shaman, man. Come on. Right? <laughs> Say, if you're going up against Shang Tsung, you might want to have some magic throwers around, man. <laughs> that's, what Raiden, that's what Raiden is for supposed to be for but he clearly ain't gonna do shit <laughs> oh goodness well that'd be cool because you know if they if they go into um if they if they go into um shang Tsung's um the guy who's pulling the strings it's his boss that would be sort of cool to see raider because i think in the lore Raiden ends up having to kill that dude. He does. He takes the the um, the amulet or whatever it That's, is, which corrupts. Which yeah, corrupts. Which Shokan uh, Raiden kills him, which is kind of the beginning of his heel turn. Yeah. WWE terms. There, if we're gonna put him back there. Uh, but yeah, he'd already kind of. I can't remember if it was because Liu Kang wanted to do it. And Raiden's like, uh, back off, motherfucker, I got this. And Liu Kang and Raiden fought for a little bit over it before, you know, Raiden shut that shit down and then took out Shao Kahn himself. And I think it probably was after he had the Amulet of Shinnok. Okay. Uh, because, like, Mortal Kombat 11 begins with Raiden torturing Shinnok and then decapitating him, which... Yeah. Technically, Shinnok's not dead because he's an Elder God. They can't die that easily. Right. Yeah. So he just gets turned into... For some reason, the head of Shinnok is later found in uh, Liu Kang's Netherworld castle. Or, sorry, Outworld okay. castle because him he's still dead at this point, kind of. He's a revenant. Okay. So he basically gets turned into Liu Kang's magical Alexa. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know any other way to put that. Like, he's quite literally there just to help out with magic power and do, essentially, a little bit of information dumps for Liu Kang. Oh, you know, you touched on the game um, lore, right? Yeah. But you, we, we mentioned the merger of um, Raiden and um, Liu Kang, but we forgot. It also was a merger of the Revenant. That's Luke right. Kang and Raiden, so yeah. Because Revenant Liu Kang got a little bit of Shang Tsung soul-sucking power. Right. And then, so, yeah. yeah. 
ab- absorbed his younger counterpart before Raiden was like, uh, that shit ain't gonna work. Right. <laughs> kind of reverses the process, and then all three of them merge to form Fire God Liu Kang. Yeah. I just sent you, a, I just sent you something on, over the, um, over the phone. Just some rumors right now. Ooh. Dealing with the movie. The next movie, they're trying to say that um, the death of um, Sub-Zero sets up the next movie for the what we've sort of already mentioned. Uh, Sector and Cyrax. God damn. Yeah. The Cyber Ninjas. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Which I hope they don't go with that because that'll, that'll just... That's not what I'm talking about as far as a good script. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. No. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's veering a little bit into too crazy territory. Yeah. If yeah, they don't need no cyber ninjas right now. If you're gonna they introduce <laughs> If you're gonna introduce Johnny Cage, you gotta have characters that can take a nut punch and show that pain. <laughs> I totally agree. Because you know he has to do that splits punch at least once, and at least this time it won't be to a really bad looking animatronic Goro. Right. Which admittedly the line, I, I still remember this line even 26 years after the fact of right before he kills Goro because Goro crushed his sunglasses at the beginning of their fight. Right. Those were $500 sunglasses, asshole. Yeah. I, that's that's the line he kills him with. Oh, man. Well, I guess it's shortly before the, now this is the part where you fall down before Goro falls off that cliff, so. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I kind of think we've, uh, I mean, we're about an hour 30 in, and we've kind of run out of movie stuff, really, to talk about. The yeah, the movie, to be honest, was not really that long. I mean, as far as plot, I mean, he knew from point A to point B where this was going. I mean, after <laughs> After the whole raiding of um, Scorpion's family's, I mean, even then he knew that something was about to go down. Yeah. Like he's sitting there talking, he's walking with his with his son, I think, in the field, and I think he meets up with his wife or whatnot, and they're talking. I'm like, oh, something's about to go down. What's, what's about to happen? Oh, and yeah. then you know, next thing you know, um, his guards start getting like killed, and he talks to his wife and. They go in the house and then he goes back into the field and he hears screaming and he goes back and I mean pretty much it was you knew what was happening from point A to point B to get you to to see you know so right <laughs> I mean in a movie like Mortal Kombat you're not exactly necessarily watching it for the plot I wouldn't think like I, I've never I'm not gonna sit back and expect to be able to do a scholarly analysis on the themes and and deeper issues they played with. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, when, he went, when Bihan shows up and he confronts... Um, gosh, what's Scorpion's character's name? Hanzo. Hanzo Hasashi. Yeah, when, he's, uh, when, he, when he confronts him, it's like, why are you even here, dude? You, I'm a, you're here to kill me because I'm a legendary... I'm a legendary assassin who's no longer doing this. I'm retired now, and you come to kill me because... For clout... Basically, it was cloud chasing. I mean, Bihan was literally cloud chasing, okay? Yeah. That's what we, 
That's what the kids call it these days. He was literally clout. Because this dude has not killed anybody in, in years. Like, he settled down on his own private land in Japan somewhere, just chilling. And next thing you know, some assassin comes and kill me for what? <laughs> Again, I, I got to give credit for the Hisashi bloodline for having the world's quietest infants. I know. That, no, 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 no. That's not true. Why the baby they... from a quiet place was the world's most silent. Okay, Chill. actually, that that's fair. That one is one hundred percent fair. <laughs> Speaking of which, Silent Place Two comes out soon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm plugging all these movies. We, well, I say if we're if we're doing plugs, uh, Lucifer, the last half of season five comes out next week. Yeah, I hear so. I hear that. I I gotta see that because I gotta find out if since God is played by the Allstate man, is the earth in good hands? We have to find out. <laughs> yep. Very good, very good. I'm the person who brings the shitty humor to this whole thing. That's uh, that's my job. No, that was good. That was good. Um yeah. I, I I'm I'm interested in seeing that season too. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that that season will be, um, will, I hope point version two of the season will, will end on a good note so they can go ahead and do the, the sixth and final season. To be honest, I would have just thought they, since we had this so much conflict and stuff, they would have just ended it all in the second part, but whatever, hmm. whatever yeah. makes money. <laughs> right. Although I guess in terms of sequels, maybe Mortal Kombat will actually get the tournament for part two. Um, but honestly I'm not griping either way because they brought in enough of the fatalities that I love the gore they didn't try and tone that down Um, stayed relatively faithful to the game lore and then kind of gave us you know a little bit of something to look forward to in fact uh, talking with old Kager there we were discussing who we'd want to see in another movie, and I said that uh, Hiroyuki Sonata, for instance, has a real-life friendship with Jackie Chan. Okay. So, goddammit, call in a favor, Mr. Sonata. Let's get us some Jackie Chan in this next one. And uh, that's when Eli was like, let him be Bo Rai Cho. I'm like, holy shit, that would be great. You know, actually, I want to see... Um What's his name? Um, Jet Li in this movie. I, th- I thought I thought that would be great too. If you get Jackie Chan and Jet Li and Hiroyuki back in it, I'm um, I'm game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be cool to see Jet Li in a movie. I haven't seen Jet. Li. I think he's pretty much retired, but I would like to see him in something. He can play an elder god and just have like two minutes of freaking dialogue and be done. I don't care. I just want to see him in a movie. Actually. Right. I say, let him be, let him be like Quan Chi or Shinnok or somebody like that. Hell, I don't care. Just like you said, just bring him in. <laughs> I mean, the last thing I saw him in was, um, the new update, the live action version of, um, Mulan. Oh yeah. So he was the emperor in Mulan. So, hmm. yeah. I still have yet to watch that. I can't. It's pretty good. Is I, it? I, I liked it. For what it's worth, it's pretty good. Um, that's another rant I'm gonna say for another day. I think um, <laughs> Disney needs to stop trying to pander to Japan. I'm sorry to China because 
Nobody will make China happy, okay? No. Just, just make your movies. If China doesn't like it, oh well, okay? Because they don't care. <laughs> they really don't. That's just being honest. <laughs> no, pretty soon, right? Like, they're trying to appease China so much, we're about ready to have, like, movies set in America panning Western values. It's almost <laughs> there. Um, which I get it. It's a bigger market, so obviously that's why they kiss more ass for that, but still. Uh, yeah, I don't even think China, like, um, what was that movie? Um, Asian Millionaires? Asian what? Uh, oh, uh, Crazy Rich Asians? Yeah, I don't even think China liked that movie, so I mean... Well, I think it was mostly <laughs> set in Singapore, wasn't it? Probably. But I mean, come on, man, that's... So yeah, stop trying to appease China, okay? <laughs> right. Um... <sighs> but that's all, I'm gonna I'm, I'm leave that right for another day. It's, yeah, I say that... One of the highest grossing movies, like, ever, was basically a purely Chinese-only release... And it was the movie Wolf Warrior 2, which I have seen, and it's fantastic. Like, in terms of just pure hokey, like, clearly propaganda film for China. Yeah. Oh, God, it's hilarious. But but the action's also really good in it, too. And old Crossbones, Frank Grillo, is the bad guy in it. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, it's per- it made $800 million in China. Yeah. So you realize if they if they had a bigger influence on the world market and it wasn't so clearly state sponsored propaganda, then yep. it one hundred percent would have made over two billion dollars. I guarantee you, it would have dethroned like Endgame just based on their market alone. Well, that's the problem. That's why I'm not trying to talk about it because it's all about propaganda. I mean, yeah, you're not gonna. All the way you can get them to say your movie was good is or have propaganda in it towards them favorably, then what's the point of making a movie? I mean, we can't make movies about U.S. propaganda anymore because it offends the world, so why make a movie about another country's propaganda just to make money? I mean, that's just dumb. I mean, it, that's all I'm going to say. To our viewer, or sorry, listener, maybe an S on that, I don't know. Uh, watch the movie Wolf Warrior and Wolf Warrior 2, and it is unintentionally hilarious just from that standpoint alone like I admittedly I enjoyed the movies the action is solid as hell but uh, in terms of like the clearly pandering propaganda part of it was funny and I realize in saying that I will never be able to go to China It's like I have amazing respect for their martial arts film, or actually for their historical films as well. They're actually incredibly, like, they have a lot of talented filmmakers, but Wolf Warrior is one of those that was clearly just pandering, and goddamn, like, there's so much better cinema that comes out of that place than that, but it is so worth watching. Um, yeah, I guess on that note, though... Um, <laughs> that's that's a good place to end plug in Chinese propaganda films because <laughs> um, Wolf Warrior 2 might as well have just been like China saves Africa swear like it's it's ridiculous um, but no on that note uh, we kind of 
veered off topic there at the very end. We actually stayed on more than we normally do. Yeah. Uh, so surprising there. But that was the Mortal Kombat film in a nutshell. If you guys can get out to a theater, I'm not sure if it's still running in theaters after today, even though it's it's taken off HBO Max. Uh, yeah. It is well worth the rental if you find it on another streaming platform. It's well worth the watch. Um, yeah, if you're the fan of the games, it's oddly respectful. It doesn't downplay anything. Maybe with one or two shitty jokes aside, like Cole when he says the... It's not even spelled right. You know they spelled it with a K? It's like, okay, shut up. But even at that, like they seemingly respect... The characters and I gotta say I really like that uh, and also guys talking about going to movie theaters hey um, if you can support movie theaters but also don't forget about those drive-ins there are still a couple drive-in movie theaters out there go out there support them yeah They're, it's a great time to be out when you, if you're worried about you know still worried about COVID or whatnot having to be able to sit movie out in the public that's helps with the safety that also helps support you know a, a dying a dying um form of theater uh, a form of film film a film filmography or movie watching cinema um, so yeah guys if you gotta if you have a drive through movie near you or anything that you that you haven't been to um by all means go ahead and support that and um get your get your health and safety in at the same time <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's 100% true. Um, yeah, definitely do yourselves a favor, though. Treat yourself to this movie. And uh, as per usual, though, you can find us on Podbean. We're on Spotify. We're a few other places as well. iTunes, Amazon, or Audible. Um, but yeah, come check it out. Thanks for stopping by and listening to us rant on Mortal Kombat for a little bit. And... Uh, <laughs> As always, again, I'm Cody, and with me is... Ray BG. And uh, that's all for us, but uh, I say be safe out there. Have a good, uh, good evening. All right, guys. Take care. Peace. <laughs>